Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. Today's guest is Gert Stepp. Gert grew up on his family's vineyard in his native Germany's Pfalz region. The Pfalz is to Germany what Alsace is to France, by the way. The two regions lying either side of an historically hotly contested border. Having finished his studies, Gert then became a flying winemaker. He worked in both Zimbabwe and South Africa before returning to Europe. So, how did Gert end up making wine in Italy? Hello, Monty. How are you? Very well, thanks. Now, listen, how did you end up getting so involved with Italian wine? I did some work following the training in Germany and uh, working for my parents' vineyards and so on. I then went to go a little bit international and worked in New Zealand, South Africa, Zimbabwe. Then finally, I decided to come back a little bit closer to home, to Italy, and started work in Tuscany. So where was your first job in Tuscany? Which region? First job in Tuscany was in Mercatale Val de Pesa at a small organic wine producer called Fattoria Espoli, which is sort of located around about just nearby Florence, just a little bit south of Florence. So what was the lifestyle like? Were you kind of very rigid, Joan, or were you a bit of a fly-by-night or...? Not fly by night, but because coming in and first observing a little bit, learning the language, of course, I spoke very limited Italian, so I went to Tuscany, to sorry, to Florence and picked up the language there in the, in the school. And also um, the winemaking was, of course, slightly different, the styles and everything. So I got into learning a little bit with some local winemakers, some consultants, how to vinify with Sangiovese, which is slightly different to other regions. So when you say, did you have a sort of a more modern outlook is that what you're saying in things were maybe more traditional when you arrived this, in Tuscany? Uh, at that stage I was probably um, a little bit more modern I experienced winemaking in New Zealand but also in, in South Africa parts of Germany of course are a little different because it's more white wine focused but uh, there was a more modern outlook in the winemaking but also in the, in the market I worked in UK in London before at a retailer called Otpins so I had a pretty good experience and knowledge of what maybe the customers and the market wanted and uh, with that together then I, I started in Tuscany and Megaton. So roughly what period of time was that? When was that? Well it's almost 20 years ago. I started in 94. Okay so when you talked about the sort of UK market were at that period of time was the UK market looking for very fruit driven Italian wines? It was pretty crazy at the time. Um, as I said I worked at Otpins, uh, quite a well-known retailer at the time, wine shop for um, putting the new world on the map in many ways and new styles of wine. So that Australian uh, New Zealand, exactly, kind of Australia, bright, New Zealand, fruity. brighter, fruitier, uh, modern wines, as, as they were called at the time. And yeah, those were sort of the the, the big times and the, the changing times. But today would be more revolutionary than evolutionary. There was a big step in the 90s happening here in the UK. So when you were in Tuscany at that time, did you think it was old-fashioned or do you think that some of the traditions there were very valid and it was just a question of honing those to make wines that were I think because I, I suddenly switched back to a winemaker and I had a lot of conversations with uh, buyers again and people uh, more engaged in the market and with consumers. They were always challenging me that you, you know how to make wine, you know how to make modern style wine, but uh, we don't find it here. If you can make it for us here, we, we'll, we'll buy it in Tuscany. And they were like really 
really challenging, saying we have a good market, we people like Italian wine, but they don't like the style necessarily that you, that it's being offered at the time. This is 22 years ago. So when you say the wines are a bit hard and tannic and lacking fruit? They were hard, tannic, uh, a little bit old-fashioned, traditional, whatever that means, but it was a little bit kind of oxidative, lacking fruit, a bit too extracted. Maybe extraction dryness in, in the style that the people didn't enjoy. Again, because at that time the, fr- the fruit-driven, more vibrant, exuberant wines were, were the, the thing on that where everybody was looking at. So you, you were in Tuscany recently. How have things changed over the last 20 years? Do you think Tuscany has, quotes modernized itself? And has, that, has that been a good thing or a bad Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. It has modernized itself. It's still on a journey. I think it's, it's, it does take a little bit of time, but where you see there's been some great steps being done. I, I know a lot of places in Tuscany and a lot of the winemakers and everything. They're so, so much more um, in tune with what the consumers want. I think the, there's more connect between consumers and the, the production, although it's still a journey rather than the end of the journey. The wines are much more fruit-driven, uh, the, the better uh, tannin management, uh, the oak is, is much better integrated nowadays. There was a phase where there was no oak, not then there was too much oak. I think it's becoming back uh, into better integration. I think there's a great journey at the moment happening in Tuscany. So what are your favorite grape varieties from Tuscany? Well, I have to say Sangiovese, of course. That's uh, it's a great grape variety. What I, makes it so great? I like Pinot Noir. It's what I do also in Germany. And uh, I like Sangiovese because it has the same difficulties, and but the same challenges and the same rewards. Once you get it right, it's the most amazing grape variety amongst others, but definitely it's an amazing grape variety. So in your terms of your favorite Tuscan wines made with Sangiovese, are you a fan of Chianti, Chianti Classico, Brunello, Vino Nobile? Um, definitely Chianti Classico or just Chianti. Brunello is, is great. All these are fantastic. I'm not disregarding or not disliking the more Bordeaux-esque varieties in, in Tuscany. I think they're a little bit more challenged. I think they need a little bit more care and handling in the vineyard and a bit more um, attention to the style because they don't blend, in my opinion, as well with Sangiovese as some people think they do, and they always uh, and it happens maybe a bit too often. But separately and in the, in the right hands, uh, although also the Bordeaux style wines can perform really well in Tuscany. Now you mentioned Chianti Classico. Do you think that's one of the world's most underrated wines? Most underrated in the future, yes. If con- if the journey continues, I think it and there's a great uh, advantage of the winemaking and the, the styles for sure. They will be uh, pretty underrated uh, and it will come back again. In terms of the Chianti Classico Terroir, what makes that special for example? The diversity. The crazy thing about Chianti, Chianti Classico, there are so many hills, so many different terroirs and I think you have to really know your producer, your your your, your town, your village, whatever, to, to where these grapes are coming from to, to actually really make the difference between uh, some of these uh, qualities or names uh, because often it's um, it's, uh, it's it's always Chianti Classico, but it could be so different uh, from one village to another. There's differences in altitude, difference in the, the composition of the soil, the, the inclination, the facing of the of the the vineyard, that it makes a real big quality differentiation. If you have a, a really good Chianti, what are you looking for in a really good Chianti Chianti Classico? I look 
for uh, definition, honesty, uh, expression of the Sangiovese grape. This is not always about the biggest color, the most extraction, the biggest uh, fruit weight. It, it's about balance in the wine more than actually one or the other. And the most, the most highly regarded for me are the, which which meet that balance in terms of extraction of the of the during fermentation, during vinification, but also the the management of um, the maturation and so on and the expression of a Sangiovese which is a bit like Pinot Noir it's not a big red grape variety it, it, it's more subtle than that. and it can really express the soil and the terroir in a very precise way When your eyes light up and we're tasting Sangiovese together mm. one expression you always come up is oh I love it it's got crunchy fruits what do you mean by that? The Sangiovese has such a lovely fresh fruit and also the acidity if it's picked at the right time so not too high not maybe near 15% alcohol, more 13, 13.5% alcohol. And then there's a crunchy, refreshing fruit on the palate. And that, if that is retained by the winemaker and balanced with a little bit of aging in some bigger barrels or, or oak barrack, uh, then, then that, that's just fantastic. And great match with food. What are your favorite Absolutely. dishes when you're in Chianti Classica? Oh, I like ching- papadella and cinghiale. <laughs> Which is uh, pasta with uh, wild pork. Pa- that's pasta with wild pork, yeah. <laughs> they like stew in the winter, that's fantastic. Yeah. Stew? A stew, yeah, like uh, cooked in a pot. Yeah, that's good with the glass of candy as well, or even brunello, it cuts yeah. through the fat, yeah. Mm. When's your, where's your next trip? My next trip in will Italy. be in, to Italy will be in, a, in probably just before harvest again, so around about uh, September to, to look at vineyards and so on, and then back in, in September, October for the harvest. Okay, final question. In terms of Italian wine internationally, where do you think it, Italian wine can improve its game in, in terms of its marketing as, as much as its winemaking? I think the marketing is already really great because of the acceptance, and I work internationally, I work in Scandinavia, I'm, I'm based a little bit in Germany and UK so I think the, the reputation is really great but it does still communi- need to communicate a little bit more with the, the consumer what it actually is in terms of style and the, so there needs a little bit more definition Tuscan wine what are they and also um, being aware of uh, there is a consumer that is actually developing further so to keep on track with the, the further developments in terms of style and, and I guess right now a little bit less oak more fruit driven wines a bit more or, um, a sense of place, a bit more authenticity is always good, and I think Italy is, is right on track if they continue where they are. Okay, Gert Step, Flying Winemaker, thanks for sharing your thoughts on Tuscany in general and Sangiovese in particular. I look forward to having some uh, wild boar pasta with you. So yeah. I'm with a big glass of Chianti. Thanks, Monty. Thanks, good to speak to you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.